Welcome back to the Nationally Syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business, a show favorite, a personal favorite, one that we get a lot of great feedback on, Michael Neuenschwander. He is with us here today. And uh, uh, ironically, not Michael, you uh, missed our – I promote you every time you're on, and then we had something happen where you weren't able to join us, and it was interesting to people say, hey, what happened to Michael? I thought he was going to be on. They never say your last name because, let's face it, all of us have a hard time with that. But uh, I knew who they were talking about, and uh, it's always nice to be missed. Michael, we love having you on the show. Michael is one of these people that, uh, as any listener to the show knows, we've got some of the most brilliant minds in finance and economics who are Frequent guests on the program, New York Times best-selling authors, Pulitzer Prize winners, uh, you name it. Um, but Michael is one of these people who um, not only knows his stuff, but he knows it in a way that's very real world. He rolls up his sleeves and says, okay, this is how we talk about uh, money. And what I particularly like is that he takes something that's somewhat hard to find, in my opinion, in the industry, in the financial industry, a truly holistic approach, where the left hand always knows what the right hand is doing. And uh, so many people in this uh, financial space are really good, and I'm using air quotes, in specific areas, but don't know how to contextually apply that to all areas of finances. And that's one of the great things that they do at Outlook Wealth. Michael, real glad to have you on. If you want to add anything else, go right ahead and also mention your website before we get into our topic. Nope. Thank you for the uh, fabulous introduction there, as always, Kevin. Uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, yes, you can learn more about us at uh, outlookwealthio.com. But uh, as you summed up, I mean, that's that's kind of the bread and butter where the rubber meets the road is, you know, how do you have practical application, you know, whether it's investments, taxes, you know, income and distribution planning, making sure the the estate, you know, the health care, you know, all those areas are addressed um, and not letting things fall through the cracks. And uh, that's uh, that's what we strive to do here at Outlook. Can't let that happen. Okay, so I was reading with, uh, you know, I, I watch really closely what goes on with the interest rates, um, and, you know, and, and because as you all know, the macro applications are incredible to these. I got to tell you, when this most recent one came up, I had the sense that we were going to get, uh, you know, uh, maybe a pleasant surprise, maybe further, you know, notice of a pause, which, as you know, before the last increase, you got the sense that a pause was in the works. At least I did, and a lot of the other people mm-hmm. I read. And I, I think that the impact uh, was pretty hard hitting because of the fact that people had this anticipation that uh, we were going to see a pause. Yeah, and and that still leads to kind of some of what we'll see over the next couple of months is you know the uh, the direction the Fed's going. They're they're trying to do a fairly good job of actually sort of telegraphing, saying where they're going. Uh, but sometimes you have the market not quite ready to believe them, and uh, and that is sort of where uh, leads to surprises. And uh, typically in the economy and the market, surprises are not good. Yeah, yeah, no one, yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about the uh, fact that, uh, uh, first of all, I, I generally agree with you. I do think they've been very cautious. And honestly, it's very difficult to navigate a situation because inflation is like a cancer. And high interest rates are like chemotherapy, right, for that cancer. And, uh, you know, uh, kill the disease, if you will, and hopefully you don't kill the patient as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, and so they've done a, a pretty good delicate balancing act. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what your sense is about it going forward. What was it 
I guess as well, I'm going to ask, what was it that made them go ahead and raise the rate, in your opinion, when they gave the impression, and really we had, what, a 3% inflation rate from last mm-hmm. month over the year before? That's pretty reasonable. I know 2% is the goal, but give me, give me what, you know, again, like I said, I was a little surprised. Yeah, and so when we look at that and says, well, you know, if, if if all even according to their numbers to say, well, inflation was coming down, says you know, wage growth uh, was slowing a little bit compared to how it has been, and so I said, well, shouldn't they be, uh, shouldn't they maybe be easing off? And I think uh, you know the biggest concern on their end is, well, yes, you know, those those latest numbers were showing inflation easing up. Um, they're going to keep their foot down, you know, so to speak, you know, to try to make sure they've really squashed it, you know, because if if they're firing all their ammo, so to speak, now, and they and they let off too easy, um, they've got nothing else left, so to speak, or I guess not to say nothing, but not very extreme measures. And so they're going to err on the side of caution, which is which is historically what the Fed does to say if they uh, they were very slow on raising rates to begin with. In hindsight, which we may know, you know, six to nine months from now, we may find out. Is one more interest rate increase, you know, really necessary? Uh, but we don't know it, you know, till after the fact, and we'll and we'll know it when maybe the economy slows a little bit more, you know, than what they were shooting for, and then they finally pause and then ultimately begin cutting rates back. But it's a, yeah. a careful balancing act for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's your sense? And you know, and I get that. I, we we misuse the word inflation, as you know. We have a pretty flimsy uh, use that. Oh, inflation—that's high prices. No, it's more nuanced than that. You know, historically, it meant too much money chasing too few goods. With supply chain problems, it became not enough goods chasing uh, chasing money. <laughs> and so it's it's uh, you know it's a little more nuanced than all that. But you know, I guess there's a chance that if they announce the pause. Uh, and certainly if they announce a cut too early, uh, you could lead to a, a sense of historia, a historia, what am I trying to say? Euphoria. There we go. I'm combining words now. A, a sense of euphoria that could really drive prices up too, very quickly if uh, they move too quickly in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, and and in looking at that, as you mentioned, you know, nuanced is sort of the key word because while they can look and say, well, across the board, yes, inflation was 3%. Um, but when they look deeper into, you know, services, you know, food, now we all know the price at the pump has been going back up as well. They look at those other areas also and can say, well, certain things have sort of slowed down, meaning some of the inflation coming from the real estate side has slowed down a little bit, but everything else is still well above their quote, you know, 2%, you know, target. I think that's... Mm-hmm part of what the Fed's coming to grips with and ultimately to say, well, their real target isn't going to remain 2%, because I don't think we're getting there. But it says uh, closer to 25 or even 3%, but without certain areas, you know, still accelerating much faster than that. And so that kind of comes down to that compromise where even now the Fed is telegraphing that they plan on raising rates at least one more time. They've, they've consistently stuck to that story. But when you look at sort of what the economists think and some of the people who you know trade in the markets, particularly the bond side of things, yeah, they're they don't believe the the Fed yet. You know, they're projecting maybe they're not going to raise it again. Um, and and obviously that's what 
you know, as my comment. So that what that's what leads to sort of a, a, you know misplaced expectations or what could potentially turn into negative surprises. You know, here over the next month or two, that disconnect between the Fed and quote what the economists or what the market makers think the Fed is going to do. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, what are your some of your final thoughts? What are you telling your clients uh, there in these times? Well, so the, on a positive note, I mean, we are seeing less and less recession talk. And so, you know, if I, I kind of equate it to the Goldilocks you know, scenario of saying, is the Fed really going to get it right? You know, the, the economy is not going to be too cold by them raising the rates too much, or, you know, if they stop too soon, the economy remains too hot and inflation sticks around. So they're trying to get it just right, and you know, from a from a practical perspective, you know, we're using that with that uh, phrase of cautiously optimistic, meaning it it looks like we may definitely at least avoid a bad recession. I don't know that we'll avoid one altogether. Um, but when we look at practical investment tools, you can say we're, we're still hedging to the downside. We want to be invested in the market. Certainly June and July were very good for investments in the market. Um, but we want to do so with certain kinds of protection in place. And so whether, whether that's certain ETFs, some people use options, some people hedge with, you know, a little more in cash now that money markets are practically 5%. Um, so, you know, I kind of throw it out there either, uh, you know, if you've got an advisor, maybe you should have that kind of conversation with them. You know, if you don't, obviously, uh, we're happy to have a discussion as well. But those, those are the practical things. I think things are looking okay, but you certainly don't want to be full steam ahead without protecting yourself you know, from an investment perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Got to uh, got to keep your feet planted, as they say. Um, yeah, and I think you know when I look, I'd love to, like to get a, a grade uh, from you uh, on the Fed's performance and handling. I think initially, in my my grade, he's um, one who studied a lot of economic history and have been talking about this for a very long time. I give them a solid D when they started, but I think they've worked them up to a, a pretty solid B in their performance. Yeah, and I was going to say maybe I'm, I'm similar in the same boat. If you asked me in the beginning, I'd probably have to give them a C or D because they were so late to the party, you know, in the beginning. But you know, now in sticking with it and sort of doing what needs to be done, even though you know you use the cancer and the chemotherapy analogy, which is accurate to say what they need to do is is painful. Nobody likes the higher interest rates, uh, but that's sort of the medicine, you know, that's going to get the job done. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I'd probably give them a B at this point for, you know, sticking, sticking with it and uh, doing some of the unpleasantries, but that's, that's what has to be done when you, uh, when you inflate the economy, you know, from a political point of view, and, uh, and then you have uh, too few goods for during the pandemic, you know, this, that's the boat we got ourselves into, and this is how you got to get out of it. Yeah, Michael Nguyen-Schwander is with OutlookWealth.com. Love having you on. We always get great feedback. Michael, as we wrap it up, want to make sure you uh, see if you have any final thoughts, things you're working on. We're now in the second half of 2023. Hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> time goes fast even when I'm not having fun. That's a strange thing. But uh, uh, final thoughts as we wrap up the segment and some things you're looking at uh, uh, for the rest of the year, second half. 
But yeah, so as, as we look at the rest of the year, I mean, most expectations is we'll still finish the year positive, but not, uh, you know, probably not to the uh, same growth trajectory the beginning part of the year was. But as we look at it, and you mentioned heading into now almost the third and the fourth quarter, uh, we still have some big tax opportunities that'll be evaporating here, you know, come 2026. So, I mean, that's a good segment for another show, but, uh, you know, there's a limited timeline, so to speak. So, you know, as we head towards that fourth, third and fourth quarter, uh, making sure everybody's getting their plans, you know, in, in line to take advantage of everything you can here for the rest second half of the year. Yeah, you just you just sent chills up and down my body, and not the good kind when you said 2026. Uh, anyway, <laughs> if you have money, you're going to want to listen closely to uh, Michael, especially as we uh, talk about mitigating uh, potential consequences of 2026. So take advantage of the window of opportunity that still exists between now and then. Michael, always love having you on. Thanks so much for being with us. Yep, thank you, Kevin. Always happy to be there. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Stay tuned for more after this.